want to talk with you as we begin this first message about how to pray when you're in a crisis. How to pray when you're actually facing a crisis. When, when you're boxed in by some hardship, by some trouble, by some crisis. In those moments when you look around and it seems like you've got no way out. I want to talk with you about how to pray when you really need a breakthrough. Because there is a way to pray. There is a way to seek God when you need a breakthrough that will cause your loving, your caring, your listening God to intervene in your situation and have him help carry you through it and even break through it. Now, I hope that you are not in the middle of a crisis today. <laughs> I hope you're not facing a crisis today, but if you are not facing a crisis today, most likely that day will come when something hits you hard, and when you come to that day, you will need to know how to pray. You'll need to know how to seek God for the breakthrough that you need. Now, in the Bible, there's this guy named Daniel who, in a very clear way, modeled for us Six steps that we can take when we are seeking God in prayer for the breakthrough that we need. And I'd like to give those to you this morning. First of all, write this down. When you need a breakthrough, first thing you do, you listen to the words of God. First thing you do, you listen to the words of God. In other words, let God speak to you before you start speaking to him. Before you start spouting off all your, God, I help, I need your help. Before you do that, let God speak to you before you speak to him. Another way to say it is, listen to God before you ask God to listen to you. The first step is the listening step. So how do you do that? Well, you simply open and read God's word, the Bible, and you listen to what he's saying to you there. And this guy, Daniel, did this. Daniel listened, and then he prayed. Now, Daniel was a guy at 15 years old who became a prisoner of war. But over the years, he became so respected by his captors that they kept promoting him up into high positions in their government. He was a captive, but he was so valued, they kept promoting him. He served three different kings, and every king with his new administration could have gotten rid of Daniel, but they didn't because they valued him and they kept him. Now, in this scripture that we're looking at today, Daniel is no longer 15, but he is now 85 years old. He's been in, in Babylon as a captive since he was 15 years old. And he knows that God has said in the writings of Jeremiah the prophet that the Israelites would be in Babylon for 70 years. So now he's 85. He went there when he's 15. Do the math. 70 years have passed. Then God said, I'm going to bring my people back to Israel. So Daniel knows his time in Babylon is up. But he also knows that his people, the Israelites, during those 70 years have still not turned back to God. They're still worshiping most everything but God. Now, after 70 years in captivity, these Israelites are still as messed up as they were before. And because of that crisis, 
the godless state of the Israelites. Daniel feared that God would just not keep his promise, that God would just decide to leave them there in Babylon in captivity. And that's where we pick up this story in Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. Take a look at this on the screen. The Bible says, It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, who was made king of the Babylonians by Cyrus. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, was studying the Scriptures. And I learned from the word of the Lord, as recorded by Jeremiah the prophet, that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. The first thing Daniel did in the midst of this crisis was to study God's word. This crisis of this coming change may be going back to Jerusalem, but then Israel's continued spiritual messed up state, this crisis drove Daniel to listen to the word of God. And because of that, he learned that Jerusalem had to lay desolate for 70 years because of this rebellious, sinful lives the Israelites were living. And God had allowed them to be conquered. He had allowed them to be taken into captivity because of their sinful lives. And now those 70 years were up. Their captivity was to be up. It was was supposed to be over. But Daniel was concerned that the unchanged state of his people would cause God to just leave them there. But he's also read some more words of the Lord from the prophet Jeremiah that he had written. Look at this. God had said through Jeremiah... God says this to you, you will be kept in Babylon for 70 years, but then I'll keep my gracious promise to bring you back to your home again. And it goes on, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, not plans for your disaster. My plans will give you a hope and a future. In those days when you pray, I will listen. Folks, first of all, when you need a breakthrough, Listen first to the words of God. Because like Daniel, words like this will encourage you. They will give a hope to you. They will enlighten you. Can you imagine how Daniel felt when he saw those words? He had to be encouraged. Next, when you need a breakthrough, then focus your attention on God. Listen to the words of God, then focus your attention on God. This is the second step And it's called the focusing step. This is where you focus your attention on God alone in the midst of your crisis. Daniel says this, So I turned my face to the Lord, seeking Him. And so instead of looking at the situation around him, all of his friends, family members, people in captivity, all messed up, still living sinful lives, instead of looking at his situation... He turned his face to God. He he looked up to God. Let me try to help you understand this. And and along with this, husbands, I'm going to give you a marriage tip this morning that will change your life. Amen? Anybody need that? All right. You're listening to a guy that's now been married for about 43 years. So here's your big tip. I have learned that whenever Shirley talks to me and I look up and I turn my face to her, She likes that. She really likes that because she knows then that she has my attention. She knows that I am focused on her and what she's saying to me. And she likes that, right, hon? She likes that. I have also learned that when she's talking to me and my face stays focused on my phone, yeah, hon, I'm listening, 
she does not like that so much. Anybody else found that out? <laughs> yeah, all the women are going, yeah. So here's the question. When you are facing a crisis, are you turning your face to God? Are you looking up to him? Are you turning your face in your crisis to seek God? Because when God is trying to talk with you, when God is trying to help you, he wants the same thing as your wife. He wants your attention. He wants you to look up to him and turn your life to him. Just like your wife, you can turn your face to God. You can give him your full attention. How do you do that? You just look up. And sometimes even when I'm praying, I find myself praying like this or like this. And you can just do something physical to help yourself look up to God. Say, God, I'm here. God, I'm ready to listen. God, you have my full attention. Sometimes when after I, I do my prayer walk around the community in the mornings, I'll go out and I'll sit in our little swing in our patio and I'll be praying physically, just kind of lift. God, I'm here. I'm listening. What do you want to say? And that's what Daniel did. Daniel says this, so I gave my attention to the Lord to seek him by prayer. So in his crisis, he focused on God. He sought God. He pursued God through prayer. And look at what God says when we do this. He says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me, look at this, will find me. They'll find me. Listen, you might want to write this down. God promises that seekers will be finders. Amen? He promises seekers will be finders. Those who turn their face to him and seek him will find him. And God says, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And you might be here this morning and you might feel like you've sought God a lot, time after time in prayer, but you haven't found him. And maybe if that's how you're feeling, maybe you've never sought him with all your heart. Maybe you've never really pursued him with all your heart. Maybe you've been seeking help with all your heart from every other person, from every other place but him. And when you do that, God says, okay, if you want to get all your help from this person or that person or this place or that place, I'll just back off a while. I'll let you go. And I'll just wait until you're ready, until you realize that I'm the one who can meet your need, and solve your crisis. God said to his people, look at this, I will return to my place on high and wait, talking about these Israelites, until they acknowledge their offenses and feel their guilt and seek my face. Then in their troubles and distress, they will earnestly seek me, saying, let us return to the Lord so that he may heal us. God is just waiting for you to seek him. God is just waiting for you to seek his face. God is just waiting for you to seek help from his hands. But listen, no matter who else, no matter what else you focused your attention on, no matter what mess you've gotten yourself into, if you will just turn your face toward him, if you will just start seeking him, if you will just focus your attention on him, 
you will find him coming to you. You will find him entering your crisis. You will find him walking with you. You will find him strengthening you. You will find him helping you. And you will find that God is bigger. Amen? That God is bigger than your mess. You'll find that God is bigger than your crisis. You'll find that God is big enough to deliver you from it. The one who is bigger than anything, the one who is bigger than anyone, comes to the aid of all who seek him. He says, seek me and you will find me. And so the one who is bigger than anything, the one who is bigger than anyone, comes to the aid of those who focus on him. And all of God's people said, amen. That's our God. I thought at this place it would just be awesome for you to listen to a song that simply says, God, you're bigger. Listen to these words.
Amen. <laughs> Our God is bigger. Amen? Amen. Our crisis feels huge. He's bigger. He's bigger. I could stop preaching right now. I'm not going to. But <laughs> but that's awesome. So second, when you need a breakthrough, focus your intention on God who is bigger than anything you face. Seek him and you will find him. You need a breakthrough, focus your attention on God. Third, write this down. And then express your heart to God. When you seek God in prayer, express your desire with emotion. That's okay with God. The third step is the expression step, the, the emotional step. That's where you let God know your heart, what's really on your heart. And so after you've listened to God's word, you've focused your attention on God, you're seeking him, then express to him what's on your heart because God is your father. And to your father, you can share even emotionally, even with great passion, the desires of your heart. It's okay to even cry out to him, God, this hurts. God, my heart is breaking. God, I need help. God, I'm lost. I don't know where to go. God, I need, I need healing. But so often our prayers are just cut and dried. Lord, bless our food. Help us as we rest tonight. And those prayers are okay, but too often we're just saying words that we've learned. We're not praying from our heart. There's no emotion. There's, there's no passion. God wants to know the desires on your heart. What you really want for him to do. It's kind of like this. Uh, do any of you remember when you're really little and somebody in your family had you on the floor and they were tickling you? Remember that? Really brought back to my mind by the little grandson, Bruce. And uh, I was tickling him the other day. And uh, he's getting some words down and it's, it's kind of fun. And, and maybe you remember, you were just playing around, tickling and you were giggling and laughing and it was fun at the start, right? But then it got to be too much, Right? So when you wanted them to stop, how did you ask them to stop? Softly? Calmly? No. Stop! Stop! <laughs> stop, please! That's how we ask them to stop. Little Bruce, stop, stop. <laughs> now he talks. The intensity of your passion shows God what really matters to you. And in the same way, God wants to hear the passion of your heart. God wants to hear you express how much you want him to do what you're asking him to do. Is it just a passing whim? Is it just some wish you're tossing up to him? Or is it something that really matters to you? And that's what Daniel did. Look, at the Bible says, I began pleading with God. Look at that word, pleading with God earnestly in prayer, earnestly in prayer. How do we 
earnestly let people know that we really want something. Well, we just keep asking. We just keep after. We keep pleading earnestly. A long time ago, there was a little boy who wanted a, a watch for Christmas. In fact, he wanted the new Star Wars watch. And he wanted it so bad that he, he told his mom, he told his dad, he told his brothers and sisters. At every meal, he told everyone again and again and again. Finally, his dad said, Johnny, we got it. Mention it again, and you're not going to get it. So they were a week later at the dinner table, all eating dinner, and dad says, let's all uh, take a moment to share our favorite Bible verse around the table. And so one by one, each kid began to share, and mom shared, and it came to Johnny's turn, and the dad says, Johnny, what is your favorite verse? Johnny said, well, my favorite verse is where Jesus said, I told you once, and I told you again, watch. <laughs> Smart kid. But I want you to know this morning, it's okay to keep going back to God and saying, I've told you once, I've told you again. This is, this is what I'm, I'm pleading for, God. Daniel says this, look, look at this. I poured out my heart, bearing my soul to God. Have you ever done that? Have you ever really poured out your heart to God? We're not talking about wimpy praying. We're not talking about, you know, just tossing something up to God. We're talking about gutsy praying. It's where you pour out your true feelings of your heart saying, God, I got to have your help with my business. I've got to have your help with my marriage, with my finances, with my, with my wrong patterns, my wrong habits. God, I've got to have your help. Help me, God. Now, this is easier when you're in pain. But is that the only time you pour out your heart to God? And do you only pour out your heart to God about your stuff? Or do you also pour out your heart to God about things that others are going through? That's what Daniel did. Daniel said, God, I, I do want to go back home. We all want to go back home. We all want to be delivered from our captors. But God, deliver us from all of our sinful ways. God, deliver us from all of our wrongs. Daniel prayed even for others, and he poured out his heart on behalf of his brothers and sisters, the Israelites. Now, Jeremiah the prophet had predicted that not only Daniel, but all of the Israelites who had been so rebellious and so sinful would also start praying and pouring out their hearts to God and asking God to let them go back home. God said through Jeremiah this, take a look at this, then my people will join together in tears. That's emotional. That's passionate. To seek the Lord. And they will ask the way to Jerusalem. And they will start back home. They expressed their true feelings of their hearts with God. With intensity. With passion. Third, when you need a breakthrough, express your heart to God. Seek Him. Seek the direction that you need from Him to go and find your way back home. Maybe you've drifted from God in some area of your life. Seek him. Ask him to help you get back home. God, what's the right direction to go? And he will lead you home. So when you need a breakthrough, express your heart to God. But then next, write this down, and fast to show your seriousness to God. 
fast to show your seriousness. Now, when you're praying about critical things, you can signal to God just how serious you are about needing his direction, his wisdom, his power, his provision. The fourth step is the fasting step. That's where you let God know, God, I am serious about this. God, I'm going to fast. I'm going to give up food for a time. I'm going to seek your face. And Daniel did that. And Daniel mentions the scriptures three ways that he showed and signaled to God his seriousness. Now, two of those ways were putting on sackcloth and sitting in ashes. That's kind of, a, it's kind of a cultural thing. It's not done in America today. But he also did this spiritual discipline of fasting food that God's people have been doing for centuries. Daniel says this, I started fasting and went without food. To show my sadness, I put on rough clothes and sat in ashes. And Jesus tells us in the New Testament that there are some things that can only happen by prayer and fasting, putting those two things together. We find that Moses fasted before he went up the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. We find that the Israelites fasted before they went into major battles. Daniel fasted to get guidance from God. Nehemiah fasted when he needed wisdom on how to rebuild the city walls. The first Christians fasted during decision-making times in their lives. I want you to know that I fast and I pray when I'm listening to God about what to teach you next, where to lead the church next. When I'm facing and making decisions about building this facility or building the park, I fast and I pray and I listen to God. I seek His, His wisdom, His guidance. And you too can fast and you can pray and you can signal to God, I'm serious, God. I need your guidance. So when you need a breakthrough in your crisis, fast to show your seriousness to God. And God will not only hear you, but he will meet you and he will guide you in special ways. So when you need a breakthrough, fast. Next, give your praises to God. Right there in the middle of your hard time, praise God. The fifth step is giving back to God. This is where you give praise to God for who he is, what he's done for you in the past, and what you're asking him to do in the future. Daniel says this to God right in the middle of his crisis. Then I said, Lord, you are great. You're an awesome God. You always fulfill your promises of constant love to those who love you and keep your commands. And then he goes on and he says, and even though we've rebelled against you, you, Lord, are merciful and forgiving. In the midst of his crisis, he's giving back to God some praise. Have you done that in the midst of your crisis times? Then last, when you need a breakthrough, confess your sins to God. God doesn't listen to proud hearts that are complaining. God listens to humble hearts that are confessing. The sixth step is the confessing step. This is where you let God know that you know that you have sinned. This is where you agree with God about where you have messed up. God, you're right. I've messed up. I've blown it. I've missed the mark you have for me. And you let God know that you know that you've sinned. The Bible says this. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. What do you need in crisis? You need God's grace. Amen? And if you humbly confess your sins to him and bow before him and say, God, I have messed up, but I need your help. He gives grace to you. 
Humble yourself, confess, admit your sins to him, then turn from your sinful ways and follow his holy ways. Once again, that is what Daniel did. Look at the scripture right here. Daniel says, we have sinned. We've done wrong. We have rebelled against you and ignored your commands. We've rejected your laws. We've refused to listen to your servants, the prophets, who spoke your messages to our kings and leaders and parents and to everyone else in our nation. Man, that's a confession, amen? Confess what you've done wrong. Get specific like Daniel about what you've done wrong. Let God know that you get it. God, yes, I messed up. Let him know. Then Daniel goes on. We've brought disgrace and shame on ourselves because we've been unfaithful to you. This is true of all of us, not only me, God, but all of us Israelites, including our kings and leaders and parents. So Daniel not only confesses his sins, but the sins of his whole nation. There are times when we need to say, God, we Americans, we've messed up. And I confess that I'm one of those that have, that have messed up. God, we've done this, we've done that. Daniel goes on and he says, we paid no attention to you when you told us how to live. The clear teaching that came through your prophets. Daniel confesses that God clearly taught them how to live, but they didn't pay attention. Are you paying attention to how God is teaching you to live? Daniel goes on and he says, we kept on sinning, never giving you a second thought, oblivious to your clear warnings. So you had no choice but to let disaster loose on us since we persistently and defiantly ignored you. And then he closes and he says, now all the other nations mock us. Those Israelites, man, they blew it. Who is their God? Are you continuing like the Israelites, to practice sinful things? Is our nation, like Daniel's nation, continuing to practice sinful things? That answer about our nation is absolutely yes. When you need a breakthrough, like Daniel, confess your sins to God. Daniel did it. Let's do it. But then Daniel goes on and he says, Oh God, listen to me. And hear my requests. We do not ask because we deserve help, but because you are so merciful. And then he goes on and says, While I kept on praying and confessing my sins and the sins of my people and pleading with the Lord, suddenly the angel Gabriel appeared in my vision and said, Daniel, I've been sent to help you understand God's plan. And then the angel speaks and says, The moment you began praying, an answer was given, and I'm here to tell you, for God loves you very much. Now, we don't need an angel to tell us that God loves us, because we've been given the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, that tells us what Jesus has done to prove his love to us and how much he loves us, and he died for us. He's making a place for us in heaven. But listen, God does love you. He loves you. And God does want to help you, no matter what you might be facing. But you've got to learn what to do, how to pray to get his help with your crisis. As we close, I want to give you one more scripture. And if you will do these four things, there are three things God promises to do for you. Take a look at this scripture. God says this, if my people... Are you one of God's people this morning? Amen. 
who are called by my name will do these four things. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, that's called confession, and pray, that's expressing what's on your heart, and seek my face, that's turning to God for help, and turn from their wicked ways, that's confessing and repenting of your sin, then God says, here's what I'll do. I will hear from heaven. All the way up through all the clouds, all the universe, all the stars, all the planets, God says, I'm going to hear your little old prayer from your heart all the way up in heaven. And all God's people said, amen. I will hear you from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Pray and live like Daniel. And that is God's promise to you. To you, to our land. Wow. If we learn to pray for ourselves in crisis like Daniel, if we learn to pray for our nation that's in crisis and we do it like Daniel, God is going to hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. And all of God's people said, amen. Here's one last phrase. Maybe you want to write this down. Now is the time to seek God and to pray for a breakthrough. Now is the time, Christians, people of God, to pray and seek God for a breakthrough. When you need a breakthrough, listen to the words of God, focus your attention on God, express your heart to God, fast to show the seriousness to God, give your praises to God, and confess your sins to God. I hope you take this outline home. Put it somewhere where you'll see it. Start using it as your guide. Would you pray with me? Maybe you'd like to pray this prayer in your heart. Father, this week, I'm going to start praying like Daniel. I'll start following these six steps. I will seek you for the breakthrough. I need. Dear Father, I thank you for this encouragement that when we pray in these ways that you will hear from heaven each one of our requests and you will get involved in our lives and give us the breakthrough that we need. I praise you for that. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.